Hello, and welcome to another episode of Capsule Production Podcast. In today's episode, Brandon sits down with Dr. Fletcher, who is the clinical pharmacology policy leader at the FDA during his time on rotation there. She will be discussing her job, different FDA career paths, and how students can get involved if they are interested in this field, and much more. Without further ado, please welcome Dr. Fletcher. All right, so today I'm with Dr. Elamika Fletcher. Uh, she works for the FDA, and I just kind of wanted to uh, talk to you guys about what kind of goes on at the FDA for pharmacists. So how's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, no problem. So uh, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself? So you got a, a PharmD, PhD. Is that right? Yes. I, um, I went to pharmacy school at the University of Houston, and while I was there, um, I decided to work in a pharmaceutics lab and I just really enjoyed it so I joined the graduate program there while I was doing my PharmD and they had a joint program so then got my PhD in pharmaceutics. Okay um, so were you doing your PharmD work at the same time as your PhD or was it like kind of consecutive or? Um, it was pretty much a kind of at the same time I started it after my second year of pharmacy school. Okay. Um, so pretty much evenings and weekends, I was in the lab and my fourth year I did, I did the rotation spread out over two years. So I was doing some of my lab work and some of my classes. Okay. So they stretched um, it out so a little bit. Stretched it out a little bit. So it's, so I graduated, my peers graduated in 2007 and I graduated in 2008 with my D. Okay. And then it was a PhD in 2009. Um, so like what kind of stuff were you doing in the lab? Like were you setting up experiments or were they just kind of, um, it was a basic science lab. So, um, I was working in formulations, um, cancer formulations. And so I was doing, um, making a formulation and then I tested it in animals both to see if I didn't, unfortunately I didn't cure any mice. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. <Poor> mice. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I have nightmares about mice. But... Oh my goodness, yeah, I'm sure I can imagine how many <laughs> mice you had to work with and go through after all that. But yeah, it's all for the greater good. <laughs> um, so how long have you been with the FDA? This is my first job out of school, so 2009, the nine years. Oh wow, okay, so you just jumped right into the the big the big leagues, I guess. Well, I, I mean, yeah. So I don't know if it's big leagues. It's sort of. I guess a different um, setting than uh, maybe some of my friends chose to work in. So. Okay, so you then didn't want to do the retail or hospital route. You just want to go straight in the industry then after your experience in the lab? Um, I think I what I liked about the FDA versus maybe going into industry and focusing on pharmaceutical sciences or having a very focused scientific job is this job allowed me to use my pharmacy background as well because I needed to have a wider view of drug therapy, where drugs fit in. And so I found it as sort of a happy middle ground of being able to use my PhD work and my pharmacy background in this role. Well, yeah, I guess it seems like a, a nice marriage between clinical and kind of scientific or, mm-hmm. you know, lab work. Yeah, because I don't, I don't, I guess I don't actually do a lot of the work. I more review it. So 
it, it does give me in terms of I'm able to apply the science, but also have that broader view of what it means in drug development or for drug therapy for patients. So, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I've been here for six weeks now and I've noticed like day to day is not going to be the same, but can you just kind of give us like an overview of like what, what it looks like when you walk in the door and then after you leave work? So I mean, is that, are there things that are similar throughout the day or is it just every single day is completely different for you? Um, yeah, every day is sort of different for me specifically. So maybe I'll give you a little bit of a background. When I first joined, I was, uh, I was a reviewer. Mm-hmm. Meaning I was doing day-to-day looking at what the sponsors are doing in their clinical trials. So I was reviewing protocols, reviewing their study results, and really an integral part of the teams that approve products. So from the beginning where they're testing products to the end where they're um, approving products to be on the market. So I would say my schedule was maybe a little more predictable at that time because it was, I would be either reviewing or I would be in multidisciplinary um, meetings discussing with chemists, medical doctors, statisticians um, on drug applications. So I'd say my life was a little more predictable in that sense because that was sort of my main duties and what I did. Um, Two years ago, I switched over to a policy group. And in that role... I dip into a lot of scientific and non-scientific things. I'm we're mostly focused on writing policy to guide how people in industry do uh, the studies that we do want for the review process. Yeah. So now that I'm in this policy role, my days are sort of just extremely random. <laughs> it's very haphazard. Right. Some days I'm working on a policy. Some days I'm working to make sure um, people are trained on this specific thing. Some days I'm working to make sure um, to just see, well, what are, the re- what are the review staff doing? How are they applying our policies? So I'm in meetings and sometimes just giving advice um, to review staff on how on how to do certain things because I've worked on the policy or something like that. So I got you. Um, Do you find it hard to like switch your brain back and forth between, you know, different tasks, you know, doing something super scientific and then just making, you know, a PowerPoint about, you know, whatever you're doing, like the non, (laughs) non scientific kind of stuff. Um, I find it, it's, it's challenging sometimes in terms of as a, I guess when you're here and I'm like, I'm a clinical pharmacologist, I should just be doing science every day. Oh, fortunately, but this is, I think, in every type of field or area, you have a certain level of paperwork to do. You have a certain level of other tasks to do that can feel draining and pull you away sort of from the science aspect of things. But I've sort of learned to appreciate um those other parts because they they kind of bring out um, sort of the scientific things to, well, this is real world, how we do things. And it helped me. I think switching sort of roles just helps me have, I guess, a global picture, a global view sort of, of big things. Picture, yeah. A big picture of things because when you're sort of in that, 
oh, okay, I'm reviewing this study, I'm reviewing this, you're only sort of thinking no, about that yeah. um, particular scientific question. But um, being able to have sort of a broader view about that, what that really means and whatever. So I get afforded that and I, I'm, uh, I get the opportunity to meet a lot of different people and learn a lot of different things through my interactions and policy development and things like that. So though sometimes I'm like, I would rather just be focused on science <laughs> because that's, um, things are, I guess, they almost seem black and white, I guess. Yeah, it's a little more linear or something. Like <laughs> or you can have, yeah, discussions are usually around the scientific merit of things. And you can discuss, well, what are the limitations of what we have and whatever. But and sort of beyond that, it becomes a lot of, well, what are people's opinions? Do you like the way that sentence is phrased? you yeah it's kind of hairy in some of the language and stuff right (laughs) which can get really draining sometimes because you're like why am i doing this i just need to focus on the science but someone needs to do all the other stuff to move things from the science to what people use yeah what's benefit what's useful for people out of the end users of public I, I noticed what you're saying, actually, um, in any job, you really kind of get you know, an idea that it's not just science or any pharmacy job, rather. Like, uh, when I was at CVS interning, I noticed, like, oh, you know, I'm going to be doing so much clinical stuff and counseling patients, and then you realize pretty quickly, you know, there's a lot of metrics you have to follow and a lot of, you know, administration kind of stuff, so, mm-hmm. so it really you just... You do your orders, you get it. Yeah, it <laughs> goes with any job, and same with working in a lab, you know, you got to do supply orders and regulatory stuff, so... yeah. Can't get away with an all-science job. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the nice thing is if you get a job where you can at least spend at least 70% of your time doing the thing that <laughs> drove you to the job, right? Um, so I, one of the main things I noticed when I first got here was just like how much of like a beehive this place is. Like there's just a million people doing a million different things. And I noticed you have to collaborate with a few different groups and a lot of people of different backgrounds. So like... Um, is that like interesting for you to be able to just talk to you know people with different departments or backgrounds or have you learned a lot um, like doing that kind of stuff? Yeah, I do really like the culture that we have um, at the FDA in terms of there's a lot of diversity, not only like maybe cultural or things like that, but just the diversity in um, backgrounds. We have a lot of pharmacists, we have a lot of PhDs in statistics, chemistry, we have a lot of medical doctors we have such a wide variety of fields and we're all at least in the review process and some of the other processes connected and forced to interact so it really forces you to learn from each other and I think it helps have a bigger like in terms of what is the bigger picture how can we how can we contribute for public health needs Mm-hmm. So it's been really nice because I've learned just a lot about statistics. I'm weak in statistics, but <laughs> I I can like you know I I could have a decent conversation with a statistician, or um, I've learned a good amount about chemistry. And it's not that I need to know everything in a great number of detail because there are all these people you can tap into and ask, 
but that I'm able to have a conversation across a very a large number of topics with relevant experts because I've been exposed I've been exposed to, to them and I've had these conversations so then I can understand sort of a different perspective and I I can keep those things in mind whatever decisions I'm making. Or at least I know well this little aspect might be very important for chemistry. I should have a more dis- more detailed discussion. Gotcha. So, so just learn enough right. to be able to communicate with the right experts in that particular field. So yeah, and it's nice that they're always available. It's, it's amazing um, the amount of the amount the amount and diversity of talent that we have, like in just one small space. So. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I noticed just like the amount of diversity and the expertise and knowledge of everyone here is just mind blowing, honestly. <laughs> but um, so just switching gears a little bit, um, can you go over a little bit more about like what reviewers do and like kind of what your role is in um, policies? So like, you know, what kind of differentiates those things? Or yeah, so I guess the main thing with um, the re- so the FDA really the review work is core to what we do because we we have to eventually approve drugs but at the beginning of uh, when a company wants to start studying their drug in human beings they'll have to bring in data that they have from animals and their other in vitro data and we have to say whether it's safe for them to go in to phase one and then throughout they submit protocols for every trial that they're going to do or if they're they have study results they need to share and they submit those and so the reviewers are really the people who are reviewing that okay information so we have sort of maybe some structure in the review teams that allow for a second eye or some higher level management who will give um, input on on questions that may come up but Sort of the reviewer is sort of the real core function of what we do at the FDA, really just reviewing things and finally um, dealing with the approval. Well, that's not finally, but because there are a lot of people who work in the post-marketing setting. Okay. Um, and in that post-marketing setting, it's it's also sort of review work, what's being done out there. There are a lot of pharmacists who are involved in how things are being advertised. Are they truthful to the label? Um, what does that label look like and what's really being done out there? Things that are uh, post-marketing safety events and things that come in, there are people who go through and review all that. So as I said, review is really that core function. Yeah. Um, my role when I switched over to guidance is sort of really helping standardize some of those questions that, come up. So we provide guidance when for industry to be able to see, well, this is what the FDA wants and they do that. But internally our staff also uses use the guidance guidances to um see well what are our expectations. So it, it sort of ends up being we help standardize policies and procedures so we can help um things kind of run more efficiently. Gotcha. So it's almost like I'm I serve more as support for the review staff so so I can make their Just kind of making it go a little more smoothly. Smoothly and so they know what are our current expectations. I mean it's not like 
I develop the policy by myself, but we do involve um, people who like review staff and well, what has been your experience? What is this? But we kind of try and move that process forward to make sure we we can have informative policies and procedures and guidances. Yes. When we learned about it in pharmacy school, I always thought it was just such a lofty job. Like, the, you know, they mentioned uh, some applications are like 600,000 pages and it takes a year to, you know, get reviewed and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, like, how do, how do they go about splitting that up? I mean, do they just go by department and, like, by the application or, like, does each department get a certain application piece or something? Um, so, applications are really, they come in and... The expectation is they have components of everything that we expect from them. But we all work in a multidisciplinary team. So the chemists will generally look at the sections that deal with chemistry. Okay. Um, the clinical pharmacologists will look at the clinical pharmacology sections. But sometimes, obviously, there's sort of the information is integrated and relevant to one or two or three groups. So really, I guess as a new reviewer, you kind of end up trying to figure out what things are relevant to me. But in a lot of cases, when there's things like, okay, at the end of the day, what you're trying to know is, is this drug efficacious? Is this drug safe? And is this drug what they say this drug is, (laughs) essentially? So everyone has to come together. As I said, we do a lot of interdisciplinary meetings and discussions sort of to understand, well, we reviewed all these things, but how do they all come together to answer these basic questions? And and so there's a lot of collaboration and discussion. I gotcha. Um, so do you specifically need a PharmD PhD to work in this type of field? Or, I mean, would a PharmD suffice or like? Um, so it, it depends on where. There's a lot of pharmacists who work throughout the FDA. Um, I, I always encourage a lot of students to come through in rotations and there's a really nice program, um, the pharmacy experiential program here at the FDA that, um, coordinates, uh, pharmacy students coming in. What I love about that program, and that's done through the schools, a lot of the schools make sure the students apply through that program. And what I like about the program is they offer classes that are taught by people from different departments. So you get to meet pharmacists throughout the FDA doing a lot of different things and get exposure to that. So within clinical pharmacology, because it's it's sort of a specific scientific field, we generally have either PhDs mm-hmm. or PharmDs that have fellowships. Um, a few are... PharmDs that have residencies that are specific and have worked, let's say, infectious diseases for a long time and have a lot of experience in that. Okay, so they got a strong clinical piece to their background. Yeah, clinical, and then, you know, maybe they had, like, some PK background and things like that, so they were able to work here. Um, We have a labeling group that, because the label has to be useful for practitioners, a lot of uh, pharmacists work in that. We have um, the Office of New Drugs, which, as I mentioned, they mostly have medical doctors, Mm -hmm. but they also have pharmacists who have a clinical background, 
Um, so a lot of them are post-residency plus clinical experience. So they've worked, let's say, in oncology for a long time or infectious diseases for a long time and can speak to, well, what is the standard of care? What drugs? Can they review the drug? Do they understand the patient population and things like that? So they can add some level of expertise to the conversation. To that conversation. Um, we have people who work in um, drug promotion and um, and so they regulate what sponsors can put in drugs and things like that. I talk, I, I mean, in drug advertisements, there are a lot of different roles pharmacists play at the FDA, and it's like, yeah, it just depends on exactly what your background is. We have a lot of project managers that are um, pharmacists. So they're the ones who communicate with the sponsors. They're the ones who, um, they pretty much run where a drug application would go throughout the process. So they're the main managers of drug applications and things like that. Okay. So there are a lot of different roles for pharmacists at the FDA, which is why I, I encourage um, a rotation because you get an opportunity to see what different people do and maybe even talk to um, pharmacists in different departments if you're interested in what they do. Yeah. So this is not a comprehensive list of <laughs> pharmacists because they're sort of throughout the agency and serving a lot of different roles. Gotcha. I mean, that was one of the reasons I wanted to even start this podcast because I a lot of people get stuck into the notion that there's either hospital or retail, and that's kind of it. I mean, there's so many facets of pharmacy out there you can kind of fall into just depending on who you meet and what you know. And exposure, so, right. Yeah. So it's really just <laughs> sort of that exposure, like, oh, okay, that that person is a, is a pharmacist, and they got there through X, Y, and Z. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, so I usually wrap up with just asking what you don't like about your job. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, just, you know, something that eh, people might not like. Or, you know, what do you absolutely love about your job and, what, you know, what gets you out of bed in the morning to come to work? So. Um, so what I absolutely love about my job is the – can I say two things? Sure, yeah. yeah. I, I love the people, obviously, just – interacting it's a really nice work work environment in terms of the people and i love the flexibility we have like core hours where we we just have to be here between 10 and 2 30 as long as you work your eight hours and we work from home i think up to theoretically after five days but <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're super busy you might not really do all those five days at home just by choice but there's sort of a lot of flexibility. And um, as a young mom, um, I appreciate that. Um, what I don't like about my job, I think we talked about it earlier. Sometimes I just want to focus on sort of the science and things like that. Yeah. And a lot of the other administrative or dealing with, because we're a regulatory agency, everything we say is kind of sometimes taken too, too um, what's the word, like too realistically, too literally, like yeah. too literally. Okay. And so we have to be really careful how we say things. So sometimes you're spending hours or days fixing a sentence because 
you're wondering how people might perceive that when you put it out there. It's yeah. like wanted to get taken out of context or something. Yeah, so you're representing the FDA, so it's, right. You know. So it's a lot of sometimes a lot of doing that. That's like I didn't go to school for this. <laughs> Can I just focus on this renal impairment study? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So that's sort of the aspect. Then sometimes I'm like, but it it works. Good. Okay. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you got a lot of stuff. The holidays are coming up. So I really appreciate you sitting down with me and uh, talking on the podcast. Thanks, Brandon. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of Capsule Production Podcast. If you have not done so already, please follow us on our Instagram. You can find us on Instagram at Capsule Production. Here you have access to our weekly quizzes on Test Your Knowledge Thursdays, and you'll also be up to date on when new episodes are released. If you had any questions about today's episode, you can reach out to Brandon. We have a link tree on our Instagram and Facebook page, which has his LinkedIn, or you can email him at capsuleproduction1 at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Please follow us on our Instagram and like us on Facebook at Capsule Production. Until next time.